What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. Excited to have you here today. I am your host, as always, Nate Bailey. And before we get started, I always like to direct you on how you can find out more about what I'm up to, what's going on in my world, different coaching programs and experiences that I have going on, as well as how to catch up on some of the past episodes of Championship Leadership. You can go to my website, natebaileyspeaks.com for that. Excited for our uh, interview today, uh, individual by the name of Logan Schinholzer, and he is the CEO of uh, Contractor Growth Network. As CEO of Contractor Growth Network, Logan helps residential contractors generate an extra three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars per year online. He was once an All-American platform diver. And uh, he now puts that same drive into the fastest growing contractor marketing agency in the country. And so we had a fun, fun conversation, very awesome story as all the guests do, but inside of an experience, a failed experience that, that still drives him today in attempting to become a U.S. Navy SEAL through his Bud's experience uh, in Hell Week and, and how that continues to drive him today. So with that, uh, without further ado, um, I'll introduce you to Logan Schinholzer. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. Uh, excited we got Logan Schinholzer here with us today out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I was, uh, just had the opportunity to be on his podcast as well here just actually maybe a, a few weeks ago, a week ago mm-hmm. or so. And uh, so I'm excited for him to come on back here, return the favor and, and get into what's going on for Logan. So thanks, man. Thanks for being here. Dude, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. First question I love to ask to kind of just kick the conversation off is championship leadership is the name of the podcast. So, you know, what does that mean to you? What, what comes to mind when you hear championship leadership? Championship leadership to me is the ability to lead when the wind is no longer at your back. Yeah. So everybody is a good leader in good times, but as soon as everything hits the fan, I think everybody learns what kind of leader they really are. So the ability to have stuff pop up and still be able to lead in the right manner. That's to me, that's championship leadership. 
Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree with that. I like that. You know, when the wind's not at your back, that's, that's, that's good. I haven't heard that one before. So what's, um, you know, what are some ways, what are some, some times, some experiences that you've had where that wind hasn't been at your back and you've had to continue to move forward? So like for me, for example, you know, Maybe it's I, been I've always, right in your face, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like it, I, I had a pretty good successful childhood. Like I got a scholarship to college uh, for athletics, graduated with an engineering degree. Like it on paper, it's like, okay, this dude's got it. And then yeah. um, my whole goal was to go into the Navy, become a SEAL. And man, there was just like, there's just a whole other level of, of mental fortitude that you have to go through when you're in it. So during buds, I remember having like a stomach flu, which in the grand scheme of things of what the normal seal goes through and like, like bud sucks. Um, they all can agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, I mean, it was, I was, you know, captain of the sports teams was an SGA in college, like, and all that stuff in my mind, it just came easy. But as soon as I got a stomach flu and I had to lead guys while getting the crap kicked out of me all day long, I learned what kind of leader I was. And it wasn't what I thought I was. It was a very humbling experience. And I really just realized I wasn't as invincible as I thought I was from the previous 23 years of life. Mm -hmm. So I ended up quitting that um, during hell week. And it just like, I was like, okay, now what? So um, it, it really put me on my butt. And I realized that when you are facing adversity and the situation isn't perfect for you, how do you act? And I still think back to where I was, you know, where my boker was yelling at me, like, sir, what do we do? And I'm like, I don't know. And I just yeah. kind of crumbled. Yeah. 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 So did you, did you remain in the, in the Navy after that? I tried to, um, after that, what they do is they go, okay, look, you didn't make it. Um, and this, I, my class was in like May or June, uh, May, I think it was end of May. Um, well, the government does their fiscal year and in, in, uh, I believe it's October is when their fiscal year mm-hmm. is. And at that point um, they're like, okay, what do you want to do? You want to stay in or you want to get out? And I was like, I want to stay in. And they're like, okay, actually all the slots for everything are pretty much filled up. So you can either go try to be an officer on a ship or effectively you get out. And I was like, well, I don't want to go be on a ship. I like to try the thing. So I applied for a few other communities yeah. within the Navy and got, told no from every single one of those. And they just said, you get out in November. And I was like, okay. So I effectively got laid off from the Navy. Wow. Um, so yeah. So tell us, tell the listeners a little bit more about, um, you know, kind of your path from there to where you're at today and what you're up to today to give them a little bit more of what you, what you're doing and who you are. Yeah, sure. So I, I got out of that. That was like November 2016, I believe. Um, and then from there, I was in San Diego, moved up to San Francisco. I knew at some point in life, I'm going to have to use sales skills. So took an inside sales job. It was okay. It taught me a lot about rejection. At the end of the day, like if you get rejected, um, people hang up. I mean, I got hung up on yesterday uh, in a sales call. So it like, (laughs) it taught me back then that like, you know, they're not hanging up on Logan, the person they're hanging up on whatever it was that I was selling or how I was offering it to them. So it taught me that it's okay to get hung up on. And that's just part of life. Um, So I did sales for eight, nine months and then said, okay, I think I've got as much as I want to get. Let me start my own company. So three years later, I run a marketing agency 
for residential contractors. So if you're a remodeler, landscaper, painter, and you have a good operation offline, but you're not generating what you should be generating online, we help facilitate that, get everything going. Awesome. So how did that happen? Like, where'd that come from? My dad is a, is a contractor. Um, okay. He's a, he builds koi ponds up in Maryland and he had a marketing company some odd years ago and it just wasn't working. So he was like, Hey dude, uh, you know, I'm, I'm spending all this money on marketing and it's producing me nothing. So if I'm going to waste a bunch of money on marketing, I might as well waste it on my own son. I was like, okay, well, I appreciate <laughs> right, yeah. the, uh, I was like, I appreciate that. I was like, I know nothing about this stuff. And he was like, you yeah. know what? Uh, I, I believe in you. I think you can figure it out. And I ended up just figuring it out. So that was really the entryway into it all. Um, and then I, I found out that I actually love all the marketing stuff because it's effectively just how to persuade people to do what you want them to do, how to lead them online yeah, by right. your words, by your actions, by everything that you do. So it's, to me, it's, it, it's cool. Like I, I actually like it a lot, but I love the idea of like growing a business just as much like that. That's more fun to me something that I'm responsible for growing than the actual marketing side of it. So um, it's, it's been a cool path. It's been a cool journey working with contractors. It's like a very raw field. Um, mm -hmm. There's no sugarcoating yeah. stuff. If they don't like yeah. something, they let you know, <laughs> totally. which I can completely <laughs> align myself with. So it, yeah. it's nice. It's a good relationship. That is nice. Cause you know, I mean, there are a lot of people in, in our world that, that just beat around the freaking bush. Right. And can't, you know, that, that won't tell you where they stand. <laughs> and yeah. uh, although the construction uh, field could probably use a little tact, uh, you know, at least you do know where they stand, right? <laughs> that, that, there's no miscommunication. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is, and, and generally like who I work with is they're, they're at least doing a million dollars a year. They typically yeah. have a good operation. So they understand how to lead. They, they know that they can't just walk into work and yell at everyone because yeah. you, you can't keep employees like that. So I've kind of, stepped away from those, like the dude that hung up on me the other day, like typically my ideal client wouldn't, they would just go, you know what, Logan, I appreciate it, man. But like, this is just not the time or whatever yeah. it is, whatever the objection yeah. is. But just the fact that it's like, you know what, now I'm out and they just hang up and it's like, all right, cool. So <laughs> yeah. there, there is still some of that, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, by getting hung up on like, there's no miscommunication on if he wants to move forward. Or not. <laughs> so right. I've got it covered. Very clear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, so yeah. Um, We'll talk, uh, let's, you know, who are some of the championship leaders, uh, coaches, mentors that have impacted you and your world. And, you know, it's always more about like, what is it about these people? You know, what are the characteristics that really stand out to you inside of their leadership? And maybe is kind of some of the things that you've taken to mold who you are as a leader. So for me, the, the, big, the people that had the biggest impact, I think most guys like their dad, like my dad has been huge. Yeah. I mean, I still work with him pretty closely. He's been instrumental because he effectively, he started, he had a, he ran a, a very large pool company that he started 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And then he sold it when I was like, well, I guess shoot, it probably 40 years ago, but he sold it when I was like five. So I don't remember those days of him running that, but he was like, Logan, I was just a dick. You know, I was just jerk to everybody. I yelled at everybody. I would let the guys take lunch at four or 5 p.m. He was like, wow. and, and it was just tough. He was like, cause I didn't know. He was like, I was in the zone. We'd be working there. We'd start the job at 7 a.m. And then it's five o'clock and people were like, Steve, can we take lunch? And he's like, what do you want lunch for? Like, <laughs> it's dinner time. So yeah. he would, so I never, never got to experience any of that side of him. And then when he started this pond company in 01, he was a completely different 
leader. He was very hands-off. He was very much, hey, guys, this is the end goal. This is what we want to achieve. I'm going to give you more autonomy than you're probably used to. So that was his parenting style as well with us was, Logan, you got a scholarship to college. It's your senior year. I know you're saying you're going to a friend's house tonight, but just remember, you got a scholarship. Don't mess it up. So it was between him, my dive coach in college, um, like just the people that really just said, look, man, here's the end goal. Here are the parameters. I'm going to let you do you. Those have been the best leaders in my life because they, they let you own it. And now, now the responsibility is on me to not do something dumb. They're not mm-hmm. micromanaging me. They're not telling me what I need to do or what I shouldn't do. It's straight up. This is the end goal. I'm going to let you do it. And with some people, it d- doesn't work, right? I found that, you know, some people with that autonomy, they just kind of sat back and said, all right, cool. I'm just going to hang. But right. for me, it was almost like, all right, cool. Now I'm going to own it. And that just springboarded me to where I am now. So it was really the fact that they gave me, they gave me a rope to hang myself effectively and said, here you go. So that yeah. was the, the most impactful way that um, I got led. And then that's how yeah. I try to lead my team as well, where it's very much like, here's the goal. And what I realized is even when all this pandemic started, I was like, you know what? I can't think about all this stuff going on. Let me, and I actually started taking like Saturdays off during the pandemic, which is the first time I've done that in three years. So I usually just would work all weekends and everything. <laughs> right. And the more that I step out and the more that they take on, the more the company grows. Yeah. So it's crazy, right? Micromanaging <laughs> yeah. is not the best way to do stuff. Yeah. And it's so hard. And you don't know that until you actually do it. And so many people just are so scared at the idea of doing that because they don't think it's going to work or because they think they need to do everything. They think they need to micromanage. And then you see it flourish when you do and you're like, holy cows, why did I not do that sooner? Uh, so the fact that you were able to realize, cause you're still a young guy uh, to realize that so young is, is uh, awesome. Right. It's, it's fortunate. Cause I, and I see you wearing a first form shirt and I remember listening to Andy Frisella yeah. on a podcast and he was like, you, you effectively need to spend a bunch of money for your people to fail on their own. So they understand how it works. And like, that's what I'm like, yeah, okay, let me, exactly. let me try that. And it's, it's been very effective and very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And that, which is also another, you know, we talk about championship leaders that have impacted you, you know, it's not always the people that directly you have a relationship with, you know, it could be a guy like Andy Frisilla or a Tony Robbins that you just watch their videos on YouTube or whatever. Right. I mean, there's so many ways, especially today, there's no excuse for you to not have a mentor or a coach really. Uh, when you look at it from that perspective of like, man, there's so many powerful people that putting out amazing content for free that you could, mm-hmm. that you could find uh, for lifetimes. So. It's, it's a lot. Cause it, it, I'm a big fan of, you know, you're the average of the five people you associate with. And for me, it's like, I mean, half the people that I, I put in my top five don't even know I exist, <laughs> right? but yeah. because I, I consume so much of them and I, and I almost like take on that mentality or I try to, and it rubs off on me, it, it helps. So it's crazy that like, and some people might disagree that like, well, that doesn't really count. If you listen to Andy Frasillas to say every day, I mean, you probably interact more with him, even though it's a very one-sided conversation than yeah. a lot. I mean, I talk, I would talk more to Andy Frasilla or he talks more to me than my girlfriend. So yeah. it's like, yeah. it just shows you where you really put the energy and who's really in your top five. So 
uh, yeah, I mean, it's out there. If you want to capitalize on it, it's, you can do it. But I've, I've found that the more hands-off uh, I've become and the more hands-off people are with me, the easier it is to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. What, um, what, let's, let's come back a little bit to Navy SEAL Hell Week, if you don't mind, because sure. I've talked to you a few times and, and it, it feels like it was definitely a big moment and experience for you. I think there could be many people that, whether it's for you and Hell Week or, or something else, right? There's, we all have kind of those moments where we can either really, really learn from this experience that did not go the way we wanted it to and humble ourselves and learn from it. Or a lot of people, unfortunately, sometimes they take those experiences that just didn't go their way and it cripples them for life. They just like, they can never move forward from it. They kind of help. It becomes their identity. Right. And, and uh, you know, I don't think that's, that's definitely not what I'm hearing from you. Uh, but it was a pivotal moment in your life up to this point. There'll be many more, of course. But, but you know, it's all on how you decided to take that experience and help you thrust you forward. So could you talk a little bit more about that and maybe some of the lessons that you have learned and continue to apply into your daily life? Yeah. So I will say it's still part of my identity. It's still, mm -hmm. it's still this chip on my shoulder because nobody likes to fail. Yeah. And even worse, nobody likes to fail in front of everyone else. Right. And it was no secret that this is what I was doing. It was very obvious. Um, yeah. Like I wasn't like posting about it on Facebook, but like people around me knew. Yeah. Um, and then when I quit, that was who I became. And I had a lot of good friends that reached out and said, look, man, just, so you know, this is not you. Like, this is not who you are. This doesn't define you. You know, this is just literally like a few months of your entire life. This is not who you are. Um, but I, even still three years later, like that's a huge reason why I push so hard because the last big thing I went out for, I failed at, and I'm not going to let round two happen again in the same manner. So I understand what happened. You know, I understand why I quit. I understand why I didn't make it and why I wasn't cut out for it. But what I've really taken away from all that is the good times don't happen without the bad. Like, yeah. you can't really appreciate, you know, being 20 years old, you can eat whatever the hell you want <laughs> and you have this fast metabolism. If you don't experience like, you know, cause like, you look at your dad, I'm like, dude, like dad, just stop eating. Like, why are you not ripped? Like, just work out, you know, but like, yeah. because you need the bad times or the, the, the hard stuff to really appreciate the, the good stuff. So for me, it was very beneficial that I'm not the shit at everything I do. I'm not uh, untouchable and I need to figure out somehow, how do I use this momentum? You know, this anger, this frustration, this sadness, this everything, this failure, and how do I change that? So that's effectively what I've, what I've been trying to do. It still is with me. I still think back to it, not every day, but pretty close to every day. And I remember coming away from it probably about once a week, I would have a dream where somehow in the dream, they're like, oh, Schinholzer, we messed up, man. We're actually going to let you get back in. And I remember at first being like, you're going to let me back in and try again. Like, thank God. Thank you so much. Like the second time won't be the same. And then as time goes on, you know, fast forward a few years, if I had that same dream, they're like, all right, you're back in. I'm like, no, 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 I've got a marketing company now. Like I really appreciate yeah. it. So like subconsciously I'm like getting over it in my mind, but clearly yeah. the fact that I still dream about it is it still sticks with me and it's still really, unfortunately it's still part of my identity, but I'm trying to like learn how to understand and go, okay, that was, that just wasn't meant for you. That wasn't mm -hmm. your jam, Logan. I think you're in your element now. Let's move on. But it, yeah. it is hard just to like completely drop it and, 
you know, do a 180 and just go, all right, well, that's cool. Let me move on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think you should drop it and uh, just completely move on. Right. Like I said, I mean, there's, if you can find the gifts in it, what, like, what did it teach you? What are, what are some things that you can now take and, and give to other people and, and help them and lift them up from that experience? Uh, there's, there's, there's so many people that don't have the balls, let's be real, to even go through buds and, and just even have the courage to take a chance and see if they have what it takes. And uh, so, yeah, there's absolutely, I mean, you did it. You went through it and it didn't work out. You know, there's a lot of shit that doesn't work out in life. <laughs> like There just is. Tons of and it. It's all right. So like you learn from it and just go dominate the next thing. And uh, that's what you're doing right now. So I appreciate you sharing that being raw. Yeah, man. No, it was, it was good. Like I wouldn't change it because it was just, it was a tough time and, and everybody's got their own lows. You know, it's all relative in my mind, you know, my low of like, you know, not making it through buds. Like to me, I remember, you know, I mean, shoot, like people sounds sad, but people commit suicide after they don't make it after they quit. Mm-hmm. Like the dude in my class, uh, in the class right before me went up to like the 30th floor of the high and jumped off. So mm-hmm. then as soon as we quit, they then put you on suicide watch. Yeah. And it's like, is that real? Like you really want to quit like that? Like you want to die because of that? And then you look <laughs> at somebody else who's like, just got, you know, messed up at a, at a young age and they've just been in the system for 80 years. And it's, so it's all relative. So everybody's yeah. low is this, and you feel the same emotion, the same sadness, the same like helplessness. So I've kind of learned that with leading people when they're like, I'm just having a terrible day. Like I got a flat tire on the way to work. And I'm like, really? Like, are you like suck, call an Uber, like suck it up. But then I kind of realized like, okay, maybe this is like the low point of their whole life and everything else is good. So let me at least be empathetic towards their pain and try to figure out what's going on. So that's been a a huge help for me to understand that my low, even though it's a different low than somebody else, it's all relative. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Somebody, everyone's rock bottom is different. Right. And a lot of people's, you know, I'm not saying that's your rock bottom, but I'm just saying, you know, people have a rock bottom and you know, as a coach, I'm telling people like, don't wait until your rock bottom is just like total disaster, almost to the point where you can't recover from it. Like you can declare your rock bottom right here, right now. And then like start to rise out, up and out of that. It's up to you. Don't continue down this just destructive path to the point where you get to a spot where you just can't, you've made, you got so much destruction in your path that you can't recover from it. So yeah, absolutely. Everybody's quote unquote rock bottom or, or, hardest moment is, is, is it's all relative. Like you said, what's the vision, the, the path, you know, championship leadership, great championship leaders. I'm a big football guy. So, you know, I think of someone like a Bill Belichick or Nick Saban that, you know, just that I'm not an Alabama fan. I'm not a Patriots fan by any means, but I can respect just, just the level that they've led at, you know, the highest level of college football, the highest level of, of course, the NFL football in the world. And the fact that they're competing against the best of the best in the world and they continue to stay ahead of everyone and continue to show up time after time, almost every year to the, to the big game. The fact that, you know, they have to have incredible vision, you know, as you get older, a lot of people don't, aren't able to change and adapt with the times and they clearly have been able to. So they have this incredible vision, but also just this, this amazing courage to continue to do things unorthodox that others aren't willing to do or can't see. 
Mm-hmm. So what's, what's the vision for you and the impact that you want to make? Maybe even, let's say, short-term, even just five years from now on the path that you're on. So, first of all, I love, I love Belichick's whole do your job, right? Mm-hmm. That was something that I, I never really quite understood what he meant by that until like, yeah. I started looking more into it. And I realized he's saying, just don't do more, don't do less, just do exactly what's asked out of you. And I realized the ability to have a team, because most, I mean, I work with a lot of small business owners and a lot of small business owners, I realized the expectations aren't set of what you want people to do. So when Belichick goes, do your job, everybody knows exactly what is asked of them. And there's no miscommunication because nobody will ever live up to the expectations that are never set. So I like, that's how I'm trying to effectively run my company is that everybody's got a position. And it's really, and it sounds harsh, but it's process over people, right? This next man up mentality of Mm -hmm. stuff is dialed in. So if somebody, God forbid, gets COVID, what do we do? Well, we just next man up, next person steps in and they can fulfill that role because that's the machine. That's really like company-wise what I'm trying to build where it's like, it's, it's straight up, it's understood. This is what you do. This is how you do it. Here are your constraints. You've got your autonomy to make sure that this happens, but here's the end goal. And everybody's got their own little silo of what exactly they do. So I love, um, I, I haven't looked as much into Nick Saban as I had Billitech, but like losing Brady, Gronk's already out. I don't think they're going to go three and 13 this year. Belichick just has a way yeah. of making it happen. And they just picked so, up Cam Newton. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, and, and, and those two guys are completely different quarterbacks. I mean, they one are. runs like a seven second 40, yeah. and the other one does it, you know, so it's like yeah. completely different schemes. But Belichick, you don't, you don't win six Super Bowls by yeah. just winging Go to it nine. relying on a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Peyton yeah, is a great quarterback, exactly. but, you know, so, yeah. So, so the whole vision of, of what I'm trying to build is I'm trying to build something that's it's repeatable, it's easy, it's straightforward. Business-wise, I'm really trying to build, like, the reason that people love Apple is it's because you know exactly what you're going to get. It's super easy to use. Everything, I mean, you pop your, your AirPods in, and they connect right to your computer. Like, it's done. Like, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then it's, it's just, it's simple. Like, that's the big thing. So, that's exactly what I'm trying to build for the company, where it's, it's straightforward and simple. You know exactly what you're going to get, because at that point, it's much easier to sell this. It's much easier to grow this thing if there's no miscommunication. So yeah. business-wise, try to help as many contractors as I can in a very straightforward, super simplistic fashion because a lot of stuff goes wrong when we overcomplicate things. So I'm trying to do the opposite and make it nice and easy. Yeah, love it. As we uh, kind of come up towards the end here, I want to respect your time, but uh, one last question really. What is, you know, if there are one or two things that you could share with the listeners that if they were to implement today, they would help move their life forward today. What, what would those be? Communicate. I remember I had a good conversation. I, I was having problems with my girlfriend. Like we live together. So, and we've lived together for a while. So we're effectively like married, but you yeah. know, and I remember talking to somebody else about it. Um, she going to listen to this? <laughs> no, I, uh, huge, huge respect because I mean, I had this yeah. exact conversation with him. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking to to him, and and he was like, and I was like, yeah, this is like I, you know, I get mad about this and this and this, and he's like, well, what does what does she say when you bring it up to her? And I was like, well, I haven't. He's like, how does she know how to act if you don't tell her what's really going on? And that's when mm-hmm. I realized how can anybody actually know how to react or lead or do whatever it is if 
you never tell them what's going on. So the biggest thing that I will say is take away with you is if little stuff bugs you here and there, don't let it bubble up for months because then you're going to be like me where if she leaves a dish in the sink and I'm like freaking out about that, she's like, this <laughs> guy's no nuts. But in reality, yeah. <laughs> it's two months of stuff built up over right. time. And this is, you know, what snaps. So by just having an open line of communication, it's called walking in truth, meaning just whatever you do, just be open about it. Um, and it, it really helps everything. And from a leadership perspective, the more open I've been with the team and about what's really going on behind the scenes, the more that they respect it, the harder they work and the better the overall product. Yeah. I love it. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, what are some ways that we can check you out? What's going on for you? I know you get your podcast, so let us know where we can find that. And, uh, cool. Yeah, yeah man. Easy, easiest way to get me is, uh, if you head over to contractorgrowthnetwork.com. there's a podcast, you can hit the subscribe button, or if you leave there, you're going to get served Facebook ad after Facebook ad. So, uh, Perfect. I'll be stalking Beautiful. you. So it's got the targeting set up. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's straightforward. So if you just go there one time, game over. You're yep. going to end up something. So you have contractorgrowthnetwork.com. I would expect nothing less from a marketer. So yes, yeah, that's good. Uh, appreciate you being here, man. Thank you, Logan. It's been great. Cool. Thank you. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey baby